Youth ministry can always use some big ideas. Ideas that are faithful to relational ministry, but also provide some crazy, fun, and life-giving resources for youth leaders, youth in leadership, and the church. Now that's religion. This is the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry Podcast. Your source for information, discussion, and feedback in youth ministry of all shapes and sizes. Now, here are your hosts, Michelle Thomas-Bush and Cliff Haddocks. Welcome to episode number zero of the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry podcast, a podcast resource for the church as we seek to be faithful to our ministry and for our young people in all settings and sizes. Coming to you from Dayton, Ohio, I am Cliff Haddix, uh, sometimes known around the internet as Revan Geek, and tonight I've got the pastor's hat on more than I've got the geek hat on, and we're talking about Big Ideas in Youth Ministry with my co-host, Michelle Thomas-Bush from Charlotte, North Carolina. How are you tonight? Thank you, Cliff. This is exciting to do, and I'm excited to be a part of this. Well, let kind of people look behind the curtain for just a second. You and I have been talking about this literally for months. Yes, we have. We have have hypothesized this. Uh, I guess we need to give a little bit of a shout out. Julie Shannon pointed me toward, uh, toward you at uh, the ARW conference and said, Michelle must do a podcast thing. You should go talk to her about it. And then we we got talking and the idea got grand and got big and all these things we want to do. And then our schedules just have not allowed us to sit down at the same time exactly. and record. Well, I think the hope, the hope was that we would create some digital platform for youth ministry people to um, share ideas and hopes and concerns and just have a place to talk about things. So um, I'm excited to to create this space for this. Yeah, because as wonderful as working in youth ministry is, it at times can be, like all ministry, can have that isolated feeling that I'm the only one doing this, and especially spread out all over the country. If there's anything that has come from one of the most wonderful things that's come from the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry Facebook group is to see these people being able to connect together and realize they aren't doing this by themselves. They're connected to other people who are sharing ideas, not just for the churches that have the unlimited budget, but for the you know the the the, the youth pastor or the or the youth director or the Christian educator who's got two kids and twenty bucks and exactly. what can I do with it? And exactly, our- and you could. You could see the need because people post something in the morning and within minutes somebody's commenting or sharing an idea. And really this space is for um, everybody. It's whoever's in youth ministry, doing youth ministry, um, because our heart is for young people in the church. And so um, we wanted, you know, this podcast is for them as well. So I guess at this point we can talk about the fact that we're we're opening the door to your all's feedback. What is it that would benefit you most from this space? Are you looking for more of the stuff that you're seeing discussed in the group? Are you looking for quick game ideas? Are you looking for devotion ideas? Are you looking for interviews from big names within the youth ministry space? Um, please give us feedback inside the group because this is to let you in on podcast lingo. Episode zero is basically less than the pilot. This is this is us just <laughs> really making certain that everything works and uh, just kind of putting it out there to see what you all think and what you hope to find uh, from this group. And we want to 
help it grow and bubble and develop into what we're hoping will be an ongoing resource that for you, whether in your drive to work, while you're on your, your bike ride, your walk, whatever, just catching up and realizing you're not alone in what you're doing in youth ministry. And Cliff, I think uh, we've had conversation that this might even be a platform for somebody else in youth ministry um, who wants to have a conversation to join you and be a part of this con- podcast uh, yes. to have some conversation. Or we might be at a conversation. A conference, or you might be having a conversation with somebody else and say, we want to record this and share this on the Big Ideas podcast. And mm. I think if we're open to that, aren't we? Yes. The, 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 the good thing about all my stuff is it's all portable. And you know, and I can take good. it with me to conferences. I, I'm hoping to have more of these conversations, uh, more of these, you know, some more formal, some less formal. And also, and this is the big thing that you and I definitely talked about, we want to have youth involved. So exactly. if so this goes out if if you've got stuff that uh, you would like to do with your youth that would work as a segment idea or just a thought you have or a game you play by all means record it send it to us it can be part of an upcoming podcast because we're going to be talking to youth as well as the people who work with youth this is meant to be both of those things it's not meant to be a bunch of us heady theological theorizing that that doesn't apply to anyone it's 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 hoping to be many things to many people and that's that's the long-term goal for all of this exactly and it's also not meant to be exhaustive in one episode so cliff and i have probably have a thousand ideas between us and yeah. <laughs> we're not going to take care of them in this one episode so oh, yes, the- uh, the initial show notes sheet goes on for about five pages. Right. right. <laughs> so we will continue um, this and we can hit on some highlights. And um, in the next episode, we'll do some more. Speaking of highlights, you have been on the move all summer. Like every time I have turned around, you're checking in right. from n- different places and uh, different continents, as a matter of fact. Yes. But yes. Uh, of course, you went to Presbyterian Mecca. You were at Montreat for a period of time. So, you know, we like to uh, call that the red landing of, okay. um, uh-huh. you know, Montreat is, uh, yes, the Mecca, whatever you'd like to call it. Yeah. So what what can you bring back from Montreat from this year? Um wow, uh it is Montreat for my youth group is such a great experience and I know everybody has different experiences. Um and I'm always looking at it thinking what could we do differently in the future or how did that what was that experience like? And I love this year, the mindfulness that they wove into the conference Um, from the beginning of the week through the small group to the end of the week to candle lighting really was a loving kindness, mindfulness meditation. Um, Cliff, were you there this summer? I was not able to go there this year. I kind of have to go off and on toward my involvement uh, because right. of commitments everywhere. In fact, I've already got a few places that are asking if I want to participate next summer, and I'm still deciding where where I'll be able to use all my time. But uh, no, but I was, I, was, I was one of those people who was following 
every week. Like I had, I had a different friend in youth ministry Watching. that was there every week. It's like, Oh, great music. Oh, great preaching. And I'm just like in my office going, I wish I was there, but you know, that's, that's a case for a lot of folks. They don't always get to make it or, you know, exactly. Th- and there are those that maybe listen to this that have been wondering if this is the year they do go or have been thinking about exactly. it for some time and just haven't raised the money yet. So, yes. And so that's, uh, one thing we have some young people who can go one year and can't go the next. And so we've discussed that feature that um, it's not just adults who miss that. And how do we bring it back? And so our youth have made a commitment not to talk about Montreat uh, as a group when we come back so mm. that we're a little bit more inclusive. Um, we had a group me, an app that we communicate with when we're in Montreat and so when we came back, we dissolved that group and we made a youth group group me. So that was very intentional about building upon our Montreat experience, but not being exclusive. So that was that was one piece we talked about. Um, how do we bring the experience back? And that was about building community, sharing our stories, knowing that that's part of God's story. And it might include people who weren't there. And so that meant having the same conversations, but not including the term or location Montreat in those conversations. Does that make sense? Oh, it absolutely. It does. I mean, I mean, it is a wonderful mountaintop experience, but mm-hmm. we all have known that person who's talked way too much about the vacation they went on that you weren't a part of, you know, just in regular exactly. life, let alone ministry life. Um, and, you know, I th- there's actually a, uh, one of those, you know, stuff that Presbyterians say or stuff that young Presbyterians say right, videos. Right. And in it, there's one where a section someone's going, Montreat, 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 right, Montreat. Right. And yeah, it, it it's it's a trap that got to be careful not to fall into. That, that And I'm sure we've gotten it wrong, even in the last month or two. Um, but I hope that just making that one change with the group me um, will make a few young people feel welcome. Hmm. Um, we also did... While we were at Montreat, we had all of our youth write the eighth graders who we have the opportunity to bring rising ninth graders next year. Um, So we had all the youth who were there write every single one of our eighth graders. Hmm. And so those eighth graders are in confirmation. So in two weeks, our um, high schoolers will come to confirmation and share about Montreat and what it means to them in their faith journey and invite them again. So the eighth graders have gotten a postcard from a individual inviting them. And then the youth will come and personally invite them. And then we'll follow up with the letter to their parents about details um, and dates about Montreat. It's, it's funny how, you know, and this is, this goes for adult ministry as well as young, uh, young ministry that, the invitation of someone who's already there goes 10 times further than any program, any advertisement, any flyer, any party, any of that. Just the simple exactly. invitation. Exactly. And we shy away from that so much, unfortunately. Yes, in the exactly. Well, I remember my son was in eighth grade and he got a postcard from a, a junior girl and she included her cell phone. Well, my son is in eighth grade, you know. 12 years old, uh, about to be 13. And he texted this girl who's a junior and said, you know, I got your postcard and they became instant friends because of that one postcard from Montreat. 
Mm. And at the beginning of this year, you know, he texted her and said, have a great, you know, last day of your senior year. And that was very meaningful to realize that, you know, the one small little piece of my ministry, you know, of having these postcards written that some years I forget, um, is instrumental in a relationship that my son will have maybe for the rest of his faith journey. And I could see it because it's in my home and I don't often get to see that, uh, the fruit of those actions that we do. And that's the thing that's that, that at conferences and getting away and getting outside of the normal space allows, I mean, whether it's, whether it's a camp, a a summer camp, whether it's a, a retreat, whatever, getting outside the boundaries of, of, of what is the normal thing every week allows those relationships to build even more. Um, right. And if I'm remembering, you had some of your, you had some of your folks from your youth group talking to folks about what it was like to be away from home, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, we actually talked about um, how often they talk to their parents. So we did an interview on the streets and um, had interesting conversations. I'm Lucy Georges. And I'm Finley Hamilton. And And this this is Word on the Street. So our question is, how many times have you guys contacted your your parents since you've been at Mon Street this week? And how involved are they in your everyday life? So we've asked people from other youth groups from Greenville their opinion. I only texted my mom twice and I haven't called her once. Uh, my mom came Wednesday, but other than that, I've only texted her for money. Oh, <laughs> my, sweet. My dad came up Wednesday. Besides that, I haven't contacted my parents. I talked to my mom yesterday about something about school, and then I talked to my mom when I got here, so that's only twice this week. So could y'all not go a week without seeing your parents say to come up and see y'all? I could go. Well, oh, them too, yeah. I oh, could go. That's cool. I just texted my mom once. Yeah. Yeah, I texted my mom once just to make sure everything was going good with her. So, how involved are they in your everyday lives? Not very. Um, I mean, they're there and they help guide sometimes, but for the most part, they, at least on my case, try to make me independent because when you go off to college and you graduate, you're not going to have your parents to be there around you. That's good. That's good. (laughs) The only time I see my parents is at night. (laughs) Oh, yeah, my parents just sort of gave me the responsibilities of paying my own bills and get myself everywhere, but they do give me guidance every once in a while to tell me where to go. Wow. That's good. Yeah, I would say mine are um, involved, like, the perfect amount. They are supportive, but they don't, they're not overbearing. They want me to be able to do things on my own, too. That's good. That's good. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. Cliff, we use uh, the term gracious separation in the church, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's a term we should be using with parents and teenagers. It is, um, I'm finding that parents have a hard time separating from their young people. And we need to figure out how to have conversation about that. Maybe before trips, before retreats, sometime, maybe before even they start youth ministry to give them, a, equip them for the journey through adolescence. Do you think it comes from a place, from your observation, your observation, do you think it comes from a place of fear of safety or fear of influence or fear of just the unknown? What do you think feeds it? Exactly. Um, There's a great resource that I am teaching to my um, Presbyterian women's circle. We do it a little bit different and it is um, how to raise an adult. 
is the name of the book. <laughs> and uh, breaking free of the overparenting trap and preparing for your your kid for success is the uh, subtitle. But it really is based in fear that we parent out of fear. Mm. And that's where I know that we've talked about doing a session, a podcast on anxiety. And I think that maybe out of some of the parenting we do that we parent out of fear and, and future parenting. Um, but in 1981, I think was when Adam Walsh was kidnapped. Mm, um, okay. and yeah. then the center for missing persons was created. And then we had a 10 year run of America's most wanted. And we were all watching that and we're the parents now. Mm-hmm. So we have, we parent out of fear. Oh, yeah. And so I, when our, I know, that you know, even when our young people children, get cell phones, yeah, yeah. I, I know that even for my, and, you know, and it, that my kids aren't youth group age yet. I mean, my kids right? are, are, are seven and they're three, but you know, just for me and my wife, when we're going through channels, looking for something to watch and we're like uh mystery about a kidnapped child, we're like, Nope, Nope, not, no, can't not watching that. That that's not entertainment yeah. for us. Don't even want to think about no. it. Um, but uh, yeah, but at the same well, time, I, I know the reality is that's not happening every five minutes in the world. I know that you're exactly right. I know that, but still there's that little bit of thing that goes on in the back of your head. That's exactly right. Yes. And so this generation is probably the most anxious generation. Um, they're going to be known for that. I wonder if that might be the you know name of their generation in some way. Um, but it's because of their parents. Um, they're the most scared uh, of all parents. Mm. So when your young person gets a cell phone, you want to be able to, to access them. Um, so I've told my parents, you know, who are concerned that their kids can't put their phone down. The reason they can't put their phone down is because they're afraid their parents are going to want to call them and get a hold of them. So we have to give them permission to have some gracious separation, mm. to have some time away. Yeah. And I try to do that with my young people, my personal kids um, who are 12 and 15, that there are times when I say to them, I don't want you to text me. Tonight you're going to be with friends I know and trust. I don't want you to text me. Unless there's a complete change in plans, don't text me at all. Because if we are raising adults, adults don't text their parents every day. Or three times a day. Or six times a day. And that's what our young people do. Hmm. And what we expect them to do. Just to make certain you're not, quote unquote, getting into trouble. Right. Or just because we've gotten in the habit of it, you know, like, where are you at now? You've gotten to the airport, you're getting on the plane, you've gotten to your seat, you've gotten to the airport. Well, of course you have, because you were at the gate, you know, 10 minutes ago. Um, We've got to build some trust in them. Um, And adults don't text their bosses that. Um, So we've got to build some young people that can go through the day without texting um, somebody else. And can just manage the next step without somebody else. And you and Shelley Donaldson spent a bit of time talking even more at depth about this. Yes, we probably could have gone on forever. <laughs> we are talking today about gracious separation, uh, which is not about what happens in the church when a church leaves, but when young people leave to go on trips and they leave their parents, or when young people go away to school and their parents are still at home. And so I'm talking today with uh, Shelly um, 
Donaldson. I know, but uh, I was like, do we, do we, you even need to know who we are? We were talking about the struggle uh, our young people have um, with the expectations of their parents and the struggle youth advisors have and youth leaders have with the expectations parents have of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we need to set some expectations of parents and less, less uh, emphasis on our expectations of youth. Yeah. Uh, well, so I was saying that I think the conversation has moved beyond just being helicopter parents. I think the conversation has now become um, that attachment, that need to always be there, but also our kids are over-programmed and they have so many things to do. And so parents, we have created this culture of saying, um, our job is to program our kids 24 seven. And so as the church, we have to respond to that by saying, we don't want to over-program the kids. We don't want to fight against the programs because that's going to, we're going to lose at the end of the day. We also have to help almost teach the parents um, how to let their kids go so that the kids aren't over-programmed, but so that the parents can then let go because they've devoted their whole lives to programming these kids and making sure that they get into all the best things because it's so competitive now. And um, Yes, yes. So I, I think How that, do you see us doing that um, when what we do in ministry, youth ministry, it is program ministry. Uh-huh. Um, we, I know that we all believe in relational ministry. Mm-hmm. But at the heart of youth ministry, we essentially still have to have some programs yeah, in order to connect with youth and to have those mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah. I, well, I think that's the paradox of, mm-hmm. of the whole thing is that um, we were taught as youth workers to, to program and to, mm-hmm. to build programs and run programs exactly. and make them last and grow. And um, the kids already have so many programs, so you don't want to do the same thing that's already going on in their mm-hmm. lives. So it's got to be a different kind of program, one that's not just get you into college sort of program, but one that's going to fulfill you and sustain you and grow you as a, as a person of faith. Well, and I found that if I have um, a night where we're just going to have dinner, that parents will say, okay, that's not an effective use of your time. Mm-hmm. So even if we have a night where we are going to give them space to do nothing, or to be together, or quiet. We have to name it something yeah. other than just quiet contentment or space yeah. to play because parents are asking, what's the purpose of this? Exactly. They want to know. They need an outcome. Right. There needs to be, um, pardon the expression, there needs to be a bang for your buck, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we struggled with that at our church, and I've struggled with it for the couple years I've been there, but... Um, what, what I've done is I've said, I'm going to pick and choose and say, one, I'm not, I can't fight against what my kids are already over scheduled Mm -hmm. doing. So Sundays are heavy times. So less is more. Less is more. And it's challenged me as a youth leader to be more intentional in my education with these kids Mm -hmm. and also saying, I've got an hour and a half, two hours to pack in a week's worth of faith formation. How do I do it the best I can? So that's a good challenge for me, but it's hard. Well, and if you think about it, I don't want to go somewhere where we're just wasting time. No, I don't. I can't waste time with them. Or me. I mean, if we we're in an event, I don't want to go somewhere Mm -hmm. where the first 30 minutes is just fluff. Yeah. I want to get to it. No, we don't have time for that anymore. Well, 
and one of the things, so for instance, lock-ins are a great example. Yeah. We do. I love a lock-in. Two lock-ins a year. I, you know, I used, they used to be like my own personal version of, um, of H-E double hockey sticks, yes. but, um. Pick I, your eye out I, with the stick. Oh gosh. But yes. now I love it. I adore them now because what those have turned into is that's the time where we just order our kids dinner. I don't have a hardcore set schedule. I say, I've got an activity that maybe we can do. And we always go and play Ghosts in the Graveyards right. in the church, which nobody actually ever admits to. Um, and and we have plenty. We watch a movie. We do just you know have what our kids like to do? Time. We go to IHOP at 11 <laughs> and uh, at night. And we sometimes stay till 1. But we actually sit at a table for an hour and a half and have a meal together. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. And they're always taking the phones and putting them in the center of the table. So they know some of the rules and guidelines. Yeah. But if we don't go to IHOP, they're like, we're going to IHOP, right? Because it's part of mm-hmm. what they like to do. Oh, yeah. Our kids love to go but out But it's eat just together. sitting together. And if we are at a conference or an event, they can't be at a meal for more than 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it always surprises me at a lock-in. Well, and there's so much, many other things going mm-hmm. on. And so a lock-in is our time to say... We're just going to hang out. And, you know, I have a rule that unless you've got an event in the morning where you have to get up mm-hmm. early, I don't need you to go to bed at a certain time. I might need you to go to bed for my own personal benefit. But otherwise, I want you to sit up and have those conversations with each other. And I want you to talk to each other because for us, our kids don't see each other during the week because everyone's at a different school. But they've known each other since kindergarten. And they don't know how to have those conversations anymore. Exactly. So they don't know how to listen to each other and follow up with the conversation. So those are the times where we actually get to have good conversations. So I don't mind, I don't mind if they sleep until 11 after a lock-in, if we can convince the parents that that's important. Yeah. I think we've luckily convinced our parents that it is important and we, but you're only doing it twice a year. We do it twice a year and it's a ritual. So they know when Mm -hmm. it's coming and they know what's expected. And they really look forward to it because they know that it's unscheduled time. Granted, I always make them do some sort Mm -hmm. of activity of we're going to do a coloring activity or we're going to do an art activity or a prayer activity. But otherwise, but if you name it and say unscheduled playtime is important because of this. So it's educating your parents along the way and using the same language to help them understand Mm -hmm. what it is. What about parents who can't let go who might send a second phone or Mm -hmm. you know we're seeing that parents are expecting a phone call three times a day Mm -hmm. um, or text you know before during and after because they Mm -hmm. they need that contact yeah so there's a couple of things so number one you have to have a backbone You've mm-hmm. got you got to learn to grow a backbone. If you can't grow a backbone in youth ministry, you might want to reconsider. Exactly, I agree. Because youth ministry is maybe fifty and there's percent be a youth conflict. and fifty percent parents. There's always going to be some sort Ugh. of conflict. You just yeah, you have to grow a backbone. And you... somebody told me one time, if I could do youth ministry without parents, it would be the greatest gift ever. I know, and but I but at love the them, same but... time, I love my parents. But at the same time, we're at a shift in youth ministry where. Uh-huh. It is it is about the whole family. It is. And um, there is a great joy in working with the whole family. Oh, so. there really is. And I adore my parents. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do my job without them. And they want to know how to help 24-7. And they're honest about what they can and can't do. And I But then you're honest. If you're saying I have to have a backbone, you're honest in saying... 
this is what I need from you. Exactly. And you have to be upfront about that. You have to front load that information. But the best piece of advice I ever got was from Shannon, our head pastor. I had a conflict with a parent and it was also, I think, just a miscommunication because it was all through email. And I finally went to her and said, what do I do about this? I've never, I've never had this sort of a conflict before. This is very strange to me. And she said, um, take her out to invite her to coffee, take her out to coffee, just email her and say, you know, let's stop talking about this over email. Let's go to coffee. And she said, she wants to talk. She wants someone to hear her. And I said, all right. And I was super nervous because I just thought I, this woman is, she is hardcore and she is a fabulous person and a parent. And she does not like, I mean, she is a, she's a high powered woman. And so we met at this little cafe for coffee we were there for four hours and I learned her life story. I learned her kid's life story. I learned her family's history. So did she in just want to talk or she wanted to, she wanted someone to hear about. her. She just wanted somebody to hear her about her concerns mm. about her kid's spiritual formation and what she was struggling with versus what, what she didn't know whether we were doing or not. And so did she become a person that you can go to? She is a person I can go to now and I can call and say, that's a great hey, resource. I really think you would be great for this. Would you be willing to help out? It, it changed our relationship. Mm-hmm. And so we recently had this happen last year when we started the no cell phone rule on trips mm-hmm. and on every trip, on every trip, middle and school, it, high school, nothing. Mm-hmm. And well, we started with just the high school because that was our main trip. And I had a parent send an email, not to me, but to our associate pastor, um, because I had a relationship with this person and I think they just felt this is who I'll go to. And we're really just upset by the fact that their kid couldn't bring a cell phone because it was a safety issue and all these, this list of reasons. And I ended up calling the parent and saying, let's talk about it. Let's go out for coffee and you tell me your concerns and I'll tell you my our reasoning for doing this. And by the end of the conversation, this parent was so on board that I, I mean, I never imagined this parent would be so on board with that. And so when it came time to come back, we made a point also to we have these big shareholders dinners for people that donate for the youth and the mm-hmm. parents. And the we made a point to ask the youth, how did you feel about no cell phones? And it was amazing. Every single one of them said the same thing. We loved not having cell phones or headphones because all we did was talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And we had so much fun. And they just sang in the bus. And we had a blast. It was a great thing. And I had kids this year going to Cuba who I said, okay, here's the deal. Your cell phone doesn't work in Cuba. And I know that's probably your, your camera. I'm going to encourage you not to take your phone, but if that's all you've got, I'm not, I'm not going to stop you, but you can't use your phone. And I had kids show up with those little wind up disposable cameras. And they were so excited. And they thought they were hysterical. They were like, okay, I've got 25 photos for a week. Got to make them good ones. Choose the best one. You're going to be in. they were hysterical. And they loved it. Well, we did the same thing. We had kids taking uh, Polaroids. Yeah. Thinking that was so much fun. They loved it. But at the end of the day, I had a cell phone and the parents knew that I would call them. I made it really clear. Here's what you can and can't expect from me. I think that's important is that letting parents know we're going to communicate with you. Yes. And you have to follow through. Right. You can't not do it. You have to do it. Mm -hmm. And if you can't do it, you have to find a way for it to happen Mm -hmm. because that's a trust piece then of that parent trusting you and saying, okay, I'm not going to send my kid with their cell phone, even though I really need or want to for my own Mm -hmm. good, but I trust you 
And that right there, that trust piece is huge. Well, creating that communication plan ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how we're going to send pictures. This is the letter. This is this is how we communicate with parents. Yeah. And then letting them know. And then evaluating with those parents to say, how did that work? Could you, you know, if we posted on, you know, Facebook or Instagram, could you find those? Or was mm-hmm. it better just to send the email? Um, and they, you know, yeah. sometimes parents like some social media or the church Mm -hmm. likes it but sometimes parents feel a little left out if they don't know where to find it yeah we a couple years ago we did a blog because we were within the u.s and we did a blog and the seniors the graduating seniors wrote on it and we shared photos from the day just to let them know what Mm -hmm. was going on um and then we did the same last year we did a a quick little thing on facebook where we would post updates Mm -hmm. this year for our cuba trip um, we were unable to do that because of internet. Right, right. And so that was that front loading of information of saying, here's the plan. Here's how we're going to do it because of the nature of the trip. We can't post photos while right. we're down there, but we will have a drive where everybody will share their photos and we'll all get a we'll chance get to see them and share them when we're back. And just front loading that information with parents and mm-hmm. then actually doing it and following up. That's the key again is Doing it, saying, all right, you know that we're going to stick to our word on this and we're going to do it. And so they they trust, they trust that process. But then, you know, we've always got a person on call sort of when we're, when we were in Cuba, we had an extra pastor who was at the church that we would say, this person does know how to get a hold of us in an emergency. If you need to talk to them, if you need to talk to them, do it. I would suggest you not unless it is a true emergency. It is good. Um, to give parents some space too, so they learn yeah. that they're they're okay too when they don't have the contact. Mm-hmm. Just as it is for youth to learn, you're okay not having the contact. Mm-hmm. I sometimes will want to over plan. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard to believe, but I sometimes have that <laughs> desire, and I'll send pictures to the parents on a mm-hmm. trip. But I've realized it's sometimes important for them to learn. I can go two or three days without hearing mm-hmm. about my child. Yeah. Um, and if um, if I don't see pictures on the blog or on the website, it's because, you know, these adults are spending time with mm-hmm. our children. And they are not making a checklist to check off a picture of every child. Yeah. And it's good for them to realize that the relationships we have are more important mm-hmm. than having that checklist yeah. or answering 47 texts from them. And so that is important too. And that's the gracious separation, giving us space to do our job, but also giving them space to realize that when your young person goes off to college, Mm -hmm. you're going to be okay too. You're going to be just fine. And you know, I, I really do encourage my parents when we're, when we go on a trip that, uh, they should go on a trip. Yeah. They should, they should take Take a break. Try a hobby. Get, yeah, go yeah. do something that you don't have Here's to do with your kid nights. present. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they have jumped on that bandwagon big time. And that, that's that's been a huge saving grace. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for this time. And um, I think we'll include some ideas for parents. And so yeah. uh, on the Big Ideas Facebook page, there'll be some ways that um, you can provide resources for your parents. So thank you, Shelly, for this time. Shelly is, uh, working at fourth Presbyterian church, Mm -hmm. but we look forward to seeing what she's doing in her call and in her process. Thank Thank you. you.
Well, that's going to kind of do it for our first episode. I, I, I imagine the future will will have more of an idea about how long or this is going to get and, and how big it's going to get. But a lot of that's going to depend on you and what kind of needs you all feel that we need uh, to meet, whether it's the topics, whether it's uh, voices you'd like to hear, uh, whether it's participation you'd like to give as well. Maybe you have a question you'd like to see us address. Um, and we'll also kind of be watching the big ideas uh, in Youth Ministry Facebook group for things to bubble up as common topics. So that's going to be the best place to interact with the group and also with the show. So be keep an eye there. We'll we'll tell you when episodes are coming up. We'll t- uh, we'll uh, have some links that come out. Uh, if you uh, we'll link the name of the book that you mentioned before that you're doing with Great. your book study and uh, any other resources that we get along the way. We'll link up. So what are your what what are your what what is your hope for how people will respond next? What what do you want to see people feedback to us? I'd love to hear some ideas. If you have some comments or ideas, uh, topics that you want to see addressed, please do that. If you hear of speakers or you're you have something on the horizon that you'd like to um, have some discussion about, or you're going to be at a conference and you. Um, you want to interview somebody, let us know. And we would be glad to include that. I think that'd be interesting to hear from. So you can email Cliff or I, or um, contact us through the Big Ideas website. It's bigideasym.com um, or through the Facebook group. What, what What is the resource to get a hold of you? What Do you have a Twitter that people can follow and all that sort yes, of stuff? Uh, I'm on, I think every social media, I'm RevMTB. Okay. So RevMTB on Twitter, RevMTB on Instagram, uh, anywhere you want to find me. I think that's where it is, except on email. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I still have an old AOL email that you can get me on RevMTB. An old so. AOL. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you have a GeoCities page, too? Do you have that? Or? I don't, and I, <laughs> I don't have a MySpace. But I kept the AOL just to be nostalgic, um, so... I think my you know. MySpace may actually still be lurking out there somewhere. I should maybe I should go. Oh, that'd be interesting day. to find. Uh, oh, that, that, yeah. that, which probably is embarrassing as my middle school picture at this point. But, uh, right. And you well, can find Rev MTV. And you can <laughs> find me at Revan Geek. That's R E V N G E E K for both email uh, Gmail as well as through uh, Twitter. So that's where you can find. That's going to do it for episode zero of the Big Ideas Youth Ministry podcast. So now, in the name of God who created you, Christ who redeemed you, and the Spirit that sustains you, go in peace. This has been the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry podcast. Join us in the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry Facebook group to be part of the ongoing conversation.